Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, put those hands together because he deserves all the worship. He deserves our adoration. He's a God who never dodges crisis. He's a constant God. The God of the last hour. Come on, put your hands together for him. Good morning, church. You are welcome to the Synagogue Church of All Nations. By the special grace of God, my name is Anne. I'm an evangelist here on the training, under the tutorship of my father in the Lord, Prophet E.B. Joshua. And I want to thank God for the, from the bottom of my heart for making him be able to use broken things because broken things become useful in God's hands imagine the world we are today if not for prophet T.B. Joshua many of us we would have been on the highway of life wandering hopelessly and helplessly but he continues to breed to take care of the seed of tomorrow because he knows that the future has great expectations and I pray that this work of God he has started will never suffer corruption in Jesus name we may be seated in his presence. Yes, we all depend on God's word. For God does nothing without his word. As Christians, our lives should depend on God's word. Because it is the final authority. Settling all questions and challenges we may be facing today powerful significant word subtle word of God is meant for you when we read the Bible we hear God talk that is why one word may speak today another tomorrow but God has sent each of that word straight into our lives that is why in the midst of the common calamities of life we face today it is only the spiritually minded that is able to focus on God's word. Many of us today, we tend to act more like God's enemies than his friends when we cannot see beyond our immediate situation. Many of us today, we tend to act more like God's enemies than his friends because we cannot see beyond our immediate situation we tend to become like the children of Israel in that book of Exodus who became a generation of serial complainers because their lives were centered only on how they were doing how they were feeling and how they were treated but in the midst of all this God in his infinite mercy through signs and wonders continue to show them the promise of hope 
That is why, as Christians today, when we cannot see beyond our situation, or maybe the answer to our prayer is not forthcoming, we should hold on to the promise of hope. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And this will lead me to the title of the message, The End of Ourselves. Tell your neighbor, the end of ourselves. I can hear you. The end of ourselves. Make it personal. The end of myself. Our proof text will be taken from that book of Genesis 22. We read verse 2 and verse 9. And then Hebrews 11 from verse 17. So we start with Genesis 22. Are you there? Genesis 22 from verse 2 and verse 9. And I read. Some time later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Now, if we quickly go to verse 9 because of time. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Let's look at Hebrews 11 from verse 17. Hebrews 11 verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Praise the Lord. Abraham believed that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, Isaac was raised from the dead. People of God, what is our situation today? You see, we serve a God who makes it easy for us to trust Him. And that trust arises in the fact that the other party is honest, just, trustworthy, reliable. 
as a Christian. Faith is believing God through ordinary circumstances. But this believing demands an action, creates an action. It means you know the promises of God and you act according to his will. Abraham knew the promises of God and he acted according to his will. We serve a God who makes it easy for us to trust him. He knew the promises of God and he acted according to God's will. He never faltered. I mean, Abraham had genuine faith. My father in the Lord Prophet T.B. Joshua says that genuine faith finds encouragement in that which is discouraging and gets closer to God. Abraham's genuine faith was revealed on the instruction to sacrifice his only son. He never asked God questions. He never said, God, why me now? He simply trusted and obeyed. He knew that knowing God is not only seeing his works, but learning his ways. Tell your neighbor, knowledge is not the key. Obedience is. I can hear you. Knowledge is not the key. Obedience is. Knowledge is not the key. Obedience is. Abraham had total obedience in God. He was ready to give his life on God's instruction. Because Isaac was his life. Isaac, Isaac was everything that made meaning to his life. He simply trusted and obeyed. And note that all up to the mountain, as they climbed the mountain to fulfill God's assignment, God never sent the substitute. Even at a point when the son asked him, Father, I see the wood, but where is the animal? He said, Son, believe God. The Lord will provide. If it is many of us today, we would have looked up to the sky and said, God, my son is asking me questions. What do I say? He simply trusted and obeyed. It was at the point of total obedience, God brought the substitute. People of God, God will wait for you at the point of your obedience. It was at that point when he was about to complete the assignment, God brought solution. People of God, God will bring solution at the point of completing your assignment. That is why when you face situations, do not compare yourself to others. Do not measure yourself by yourself. Do not look at other people's standards to measure your strength or weakness. Because the way God will choose to implement his will in our situation differs. Abraham knew that it would not be mere wishful thinking 
that will bring that deep intimacy with God, but a rightful focus. It would not be a mere wishful thinking that will bring a deep sense of intimacy with God or closeness to God, but a rightful focus. God will wait for you at the point of your obedience. Because sometimes God will allow us to get to the end of ourselves before he will mold us into glory. What is your situation? Why do you keep comparing yourself to Mr. A, Mr. B, Mr. C, Mr. D? Because they may have gotten to the end of themselves, but you may not have gotten to the end of yourself. That is why you should remain focused. You should remain steadfast. Because a steadfast look at the crucified one will never look in vain at the great physician. You should remain focused. When I say self, many of us will wonder, what do I mean by the end of our self? Everything about self boasts in self. Everything about self will boast in self. I place this in three categories. Self-sufficiency, self-righteousness, self-confidence. When I say self-righteousness, my father in the Lord Prophet T.B. Joshua says, self-righteousness, I quote, self-righteousness will boast in self, but God's righteousness will boast in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I say self-sufficiency, my father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua says, we cannot save ourselves. We are not strong in ourselves. We can only destroy ourselves. Besides, there is no natural strength we have to stop Satan. Satan can only be stopped by the strength and power of God. When I say self-confidence, my father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua, would say, and I quote, if your confidence is in medicine, when I say medicine, I mean you have the grace to visit the best physicians in the world just for a medical checkup. If your confidence is in institutions, how many qualifications and degrees you have, who you are in society, where you should be and where you are not. If your confidence is in the arm of the flesh, your family background, your social status, I mean you can step into anywhere and you make a name. <clears throat> if your confidence is in medicine, if your confidence is in institutions, if your confidence is in the arm of the flesh, if you allow it to contradict the word of God, it will destroy your faith life. If your confidence is in medicine, your confidence is in institutions, your confidence is in the arm of the flesh, 
if you allow it to contradict the word of God, it will destroy your faith life. You see, God Almighty will allow us to use whatever worldly advantages we feel we have so that when we have learned our lesson, we will value him. Many times, God's plan for our lives will face situations that we never expect. But instead of moving close, we keep drawing away from the very thing that should strengthen us. Your situation is meant to be used to assess your position in God. It's meant to assess your sonship in Christ. That is why when God allows things to happen, don't think it's strange and begin to doubt your God. Don't think it's strange and begin to doubt your God. When God allowed Satan to tempt Job, God withdrew his protection for Satan to tempt Job. Job never thought it strange. He never doubted his God. Because he knew that God would choose what we go through. We must choose how we go through it. He became a master of his circumstances. He knew that it would honor God to believe him even while every sense contradicted him. Job's wife thought it strange. That was why she asked him, Is this the reward of your righteousness? The moment you begin to doubt. You see, one thing is sure. God does not mind doubt as long as it does not lead you to unbelief. But the moment you begin to doubt, and that doubt begins to lead you to sin, you need to begin to ask yourself questions. When that doubt begins to lead you to sin, it will lead you to skepticism. From skepticism, it leads you to cynicism. From there, to hard-heartedness. And finally, unbelief. If Job had attributed all his experiences to Satan, he would have lost the reward from God. The more sensibly you fill your hard time, the better improved is the fruit of your prayer life. Because those whom Christ wishes to admit to the most intimate acquaintance with him, he will first make sensible to appreciate how undeserving of his grace they ordinarily are. People of God, you must stay focused. You must make the right focus. Depend on God totally for everything. 
Job was a man that kept his focus. Nothing could derail him because he knew that our thoughts have presence. Our thoughts have power. They are like currents that can either pull us closer to God or pull us far from him. What is that situation? You see, events that seem ordinary usually have extraordinary effects in the spirit, much of which is hidden to our ordinary eyes. That is why your earthly understanding needs to give way to spiritual enlightenment. Because little did Job know that his case had become an argument in heaven when he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. What an honor if the king of glory is saying to Satan, have you considered my servant? What an honor if the king of glory is boasting about you and I and we are here on earth mumbling, grumbling, murmuring about our situation. Your earthly understanding needs to give way to spiritual enlightenment. Tell your neighbor, my earthly understanding needs to give way to my spiritual enlightenment. What an honor. Job's case became an argument in heaven. God said, where are you coming from, Satan? And he said, oh, I've been roaming up and down the earth looking for who to devour. And God said, look, have you considered my servant? It means Job's, the, Satan's eyes was not on Job because God's protection was on him. God pointed Job out. How many of you do you know? Maybe your situation you are facing, God has pointed you out. And he is busy recommending you to the host of heaven. What a privilege. That is why when you face situations, you must, you must think well as a Christian. Tell your neighbor, think well as a Christian. Don't let your doubt lead you to unbelief. In that book of 1 Samuel 13 and verse 8, we read about King Saul. God gave King Saul strict instructions through prophet Samuel about his plan for success. Let's open that book of 1 Samuel 13 from verse 8. First Samuel 13 from verse 8. Are we there? 
Are we there? Tell your neighbor, the end of myself. Yes, the end of ourselves. 1 Samuel 13 and verse 8. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quickened with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and that you did not come at a set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. Praise the Lord. It was at the point of Saul's disobedience, God brought the solution. Because Saul was a man whose heart was not deeply engaged with God. That was why he took a decision that changed the course of the history of his life forever. Instead of filling his heart with the great, clear, and higher thoughts of God. He began to shake in fear and desperation and began to magnify the causes of his fear. That was why he said, uh, I waited uh, because the men were scattering and I was waiting for you. And the time you set, you were not here. And these Philistines were against me. He forgot that one with God is majority. He forgot that he was not fighting that battle alone. He changed the course of the history of his life. Remember in those days, there is no internet. In those days, there is no www.com generation. If it were today, Saul could have quickly sent an SMS to Samuel. Where are you? God has done this so that you and I will see him as God. If you and I knew what would happen the next minute, we would tell God how to work. We would tell God what to do. We will even put God in a compartment and carry him everywhere we go. God, do this. God, do that. Samuel 
change the course of the history of his life. Just as Abraham, at the point of his obedience, the solution came. Samuel, at the point of his disobedience, the solution came. He forgot that when the battle is getting tougher, he was closer to his breakthrough. Because God is a God that never dodges crisis. Rather, he sees it as a challenge. And after making that mistake, he began to give excuses. He began to give reasons why he disobeyed God. He was only supposed to trust and obey. He gave reasons why his disobedience had to be taken out. No wonder the majority in society today constitutes disobedience. No wonder the majority in society today will make mistakes and give reasons for their disobedience. Your heart needs to be deeply engaged with God. You may not have gotten to the end of yourself, so don't compare yourself to others. If you are tired of this worldly affairs, you are welcome to the new order in Christ Jesus. Because in the new order in Christ Jesus, your tension and pressure will not be required. You must simply trust and... I can't hear you. Trust and... When you run out of rope, it is time to grab onto faith. Have you run out of rope in your situation? Have you almost reached a point where you want to give up? It is time to grab onto faith. My father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua says, the work of faith is not a risk, but a sure and practical act. Which means, what will keep you from despairing is not what you see, but what you believe. Because winning does not start around you. It begins inside of you. I mean, mind management is the first priority for the overcomer. That is why your heart must be deeply engaged with God. It is the word of God that is planted in you, watered and steadfastly trusted that will bring whatever you require or desire. God does nothing without his word. That is why when you look at your life, and discouragement and fear comes, turn it around and look at it as a life lesson. When fear hits you, you speed up your attack. When you are in a conversation and you sense satanic influence, stop and begin to pray in the spirit. Nothing should change your focus. I mean, if God gives you a vision and it is opposed by men, don't reduce your vision. Stay in the will of God. God will meet you at the point of your obedience.
For when your battle is getting stronger, tougher, you must understand that you are getting closer to your breakthrough. I mean, your solution is just a moment away. Finally, I pray that this message you have received will refresh your mind and renew your strength. It will shift your faith to another level in life. And as our Father in the Lord is going to come out and minister, you will never remain the same again. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you.